Like, what a, what a joy killer, okay? Like, come on, man. Like, we were doing so well. So what do we do? We, we people please. We, we sanitize our thoughts and our feelings as a means of just filtering into this, this cultural narrative. I'm self-reliant. And I'm having a hard time, but I can handle it. Okay? That's a joke, all right? And that's a lie. The, the darkest part of it is that this isn't just a, a, a cultural problem, right, that exists out here in between our relationships, but, but that it's, it's born in the corruption of our hearts. But the third thing is, is that we need to consider is that we're lonely because, in one sense, we're selfish and we, and we long for control, right? Like, like the utmost importance of uh, uh, today, the lives that we live today, what's most important? Well, comfort and ease and simplicity, those, those are very important things to us these days. The, the, the thing that matters most is that I'm comfortable, that I have simplicity and ease. So why entangle ourselves with others? It seems so complex and messy, doesn't it? Relationships are so much cleaner when they're online, impersonal, and task-focused. All right? If we just keep it to those three categories, that would be fantastic, and everything would be clean and comfortable and simple. We keep our options open. We have uh, commitment phobia. I'll, uh, you know what? You can count on me to probably come. All right? I might make it. I'll see if something comes up. You can count on me to probably want to be there and definitely unlikely to show up in person. Like that's, I don't know why you're laughing because we hear that all the time, don't we? Like that's, that's the conversations that we have. I want it on my terms. Like I want relationships, I want community, I want connection on my terms. And when things don't fit within those categories for me or those expectations, then I'm just going to reject it altogether. Uh, there's a study in the, in the States that um, revealed this fascinating contrast. 91% of the American people consider religion very important in their lives, but 63% reject the concept of absolutes. So, so what are they saying? They're saying, I'm all up for beliefs and stuff, but just don't cramp my style with any big expectations, all right? Like, I'm all up for religion and beliefs and sort of, that's a good idea, but just don't cramp my style with the practicals. Like, I'll come to church occasionally, but just don't expect me to go out of my way to invest in people with my time and attention and money, okay? You see that little contradiction that's existing here? But we're lonely, and, uh, and it's, it's killing us. So because we live in an individualistic culture, because we're afraid, and because we're selfish, we miss out on true, deep, rich community. We miss out on knowing others. So the question today is, what is Christian community? What is it? And what are we missing out on? Uh, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 13. I'm going to dive in there and uh, look at right at the end of the book. All right, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. We're just going to read the closing uh, 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 remark from Paul. He says this, Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, 
And the God, sorry, Haley, too slow. I just I started without you. <laughs> uh, again, finally, brothers, rejoice. Could you, did you have time to open your Bible? No. All right. Third time lucky. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So, so Paul, just let me really quickly set the scene. Paul is writing his second uh, uh, letter that made it into the, the canon of Scripture. So second biblical letter, but at least his third letter to the church. So he's written a series of letters to the church in Corinth. And they have been a difficult church uh, with him. And, and they've questioned his leadership, but they've also been a difficult church with each other. Uh, a significant personal and significant corporate sin causing uh, significant corruption and division and, and disunity and diversion uh, away from the gospel. Uh, so, so he has spent significant time encouraging, addressing, rebuking, defending, and, and we're picking up like right at the tail end of that, right? So there's been a long conversation and we're picking up on the closing comments of the letter. Uh, let me we're just going to sit in verse 11. We're just going to stretch that uh, and, and try and step inside there for a second. So finally, brothers, verse 11, finally, brothers, what is Christian community? Is it a meeting on, on a Sunday? Is it, is it community groups? Is it, is it pastoral care? Is it caring for one another? Is it praying together? It is vital to realize that those things I've mentioned are no more Christian community then a high school soccer team is the 40 minutes running across a bumpy field. Does that make sense? So is Christian community a, a church service or a community group or, or praying together? Well, no, it's no more that than a high school soccer team is the 40 minutes that they spend running across a bumpy field. Do you see what I'm trying to say here? Paul is writing here to address the community. Every one of his letters are addressed to a local community, to a local body. What, what's the point? It's almost like you can't see the forest for the trees, can you? Paul, finally, brothers, Paul is making an identity statement here. It's connected to, the, to, to all of his writing, right? It's connected to what he said for the last 13 chapters, but to all of his letters, and it's connected to the core of the gospel. It's connected to the reality of the Christian faith. How would you describe yourself in the most ultimate sense, in the deepest and, and broadest and grandest sense, how would you describe yourself? Well, I am an individual. Well, I'm an accountant. Whew, I mean, aim high. You know, like I am a creative. Like what? You know, like, sorry, that's not a jab at accountants. That they're great. But I mean, in an ultimate sense, how would you describe yourself? Like, I, mean, I love accountants, all right? They make my life a whole lot easier. Uh, but how depressing. Like, like how depressing to... No, not accountants. <laughs> I mean, to describe yourself in, in such narrow terms. Like, I'm an individual. Like, I'm cool. We're good for you. Like, that, like, what does that even mean? I'm a part of the family of God. I'm a part of His church. Like that, that's who I am. How would you describe yourself? Well, I'm a part of the family of God. And I'm participating in and longing for 
his final redemption, this great family feast where we're all going to celebrate finally being united under our glorious Father. That's who I am. I'm one of God's kids, and I'm a part of his family, and I'm living my life uh, uh, acting out and anticipating this great big family feast we're going to have together for eternity, where we're going to sit at a table and God, our Father, is going to rule over us. And we're going to be united in this great new family together. Church services, what, what, what's that? That's a little glimpse of this. Whenever we meet together as Christians, we get to anticipate this. We get little tastes of this. When we get together and we pray for one another and, and we give thanks together and we eat food together, we work together, we get to share in this reality and look forward together. Understanding Christian community has to start I nearly said has then with a T, just has, H-A-S. It has to start by understanding identity. It always starts there. It always starts in your heart. If you're in Christ, if you confess Christ today, you're in His body. You are not primarily an individual. That is not your primary reality. That is not what is primarily true for you. What, it, what is primarily true for you is that you're, you're a part of His body that you belong to Him and you belong to one another. Romans 12, For we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That's the new reality that we live in right now. Through Christ's sacrifice. If you confess Christ, if you cling to Christ, through that sacrifice, you're in a new family now and you're His kid now and you've got a, brother, a, a bunch of brothers and sisters. Look around you. Actually, look around you. You can even make eye contact if you're brave enough. Like, this is your family now, okay? Like, like in Christ's new reality, in the kingdom of God, these are your brothers and sisters. Some of them are literally your brothers and sisters, right? But we're all family. That's what's true for you now. So when I ask you, and when you think about this in your mind, who are you? Please, please do not think, well, Matt, I'm an individual. Or if, if, look, if that's where you're going to go, then I'm not sure that you've really, that you've really tasted Christ. Because when you, got a, when, you, when you confessed Christ, you got adopted into a family. And that's your primary, primary reality now. So Paul isn't just talking to you. He's talking to us talking to the family. Community isn't just being with other people. It isn't just the activity of church members, okay? Community is you living out your identity in Christ. Community is you living out what is true, okay? That's, that's the first thing that we need to establish. It's not just a bunch of activities. It's not a series of activities that Christians do. No, no, no. Community is you living out your new reality in Christ. Let, let me illustrate this in a practical sense. Layla, can you give me a hand for a second? Thanks. This is Layla, everybody. She is the daughter of the, the bass slapping champion who's rocking this morning. I've got, a, I've got some objects here. We're going to play catch. And I'm, you're going to stand there. And I'm going to stand over here. And I'm going to pass these to you. And as quickly as you can, I need you to catch all of them. Does that make sense? Okay, are you ready? Are you sure that you're ready? 
because this is a trap and you've got to be prepared for anything. Are you ready? Okay. Oh, okay, that's good. Let's try one more. Let's try that one more time. Oop. Okay, you ready? Okay, let's go. Oh, just short, just short. All right, I'm going to try that one more time, but this time, Grace, do you want to come out as well? All right, you are going to help, Layla. Okay, so I'm going to throw them. Maybe stand a little closer. It's better. I'm going to throw them, and between the two of you, we're going to see if you can catch them, okay? Grace isn't so sure. I'm not so sure. What's in your pocket, Matt? I don't know. There's nothing. It's not a setup. All right, ready? All right, here we go. Okay, that was worse. That's fine. That's fine. You're, you're making it really hard to illustrate my point. All right, ready? Ready? Go. Give it up for these girls. Come on. Okay, that goes directly against my point. So just pretend that was just a final little intermission to keep the kids engaged. We, uh, we think about our lives... Uh, as a one-man band. When we think about, like practically, at the ground level, we open our calendars and we think about Matt and all of the responsibilities that I have and the things that I have to do this week and the money that I have to spend, right, and the tasks that I have to accomplish. We think about our lives as if it's one person juggling a series of balls, right? And then uh, something is added into the equation Right? And now I've got too much to juggle and I drop something, right? It's like the, uh, the illustration of the spinning plates. That's the way we think about our lives. So someone throws an extra ball in and they say, well, you just have to put a ball down. Okay? And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So there's a, there's a sense of balance there. Uh, uh, but, but what often happens when something extra comes along, um, we lose count, we drop pieces. And you know what? The, the practical reality there is church community is one of the first things to go well, I've just had a kid. We can't go to church. Like, are you kidding? Like, that's crazy. Like, do, like, do, you, do you really want all those people staring at you? Like, like seriously? Well, we've got all these responsibilities on a weekend. We can't go and help that person. We've got, like, we've got like 17 trips before midday just to get the kids to sport. Like, are you kidding me? Right? Like, responsibilities come there's more balls in the air and all of a sudden, we're dropping them. And what do we drop? We drop the things that should be closest to our identity. God intends for our lives to be considered within community. So let's, let's just switch out the picture a little bit here. So the picture we started with is a one-man band, right? Juggling a series of balls in the air. Let's consider it like a wheel. And the responsibilities that we have are spokes, but instead of it being me in the center, it's church community in the center. And we have a series of responsibilities. We have things that we need to do. And when something extra comes along, or when pressure comes, when crisis comes, we handle it together. So church changes, right? The nature of church and, and the way that our lives happen changes a little bit. So rather than, than church community being one of the tasks that we do, right? 
Like rather than it being one of the balls that's up in the air, church community is actually a part of the core. It's a part of our identity and the way that we live our lives and, and, and everything else makes sense through it. Is that, you, you see the image, right? So life spins around this new reality of being in God's family, of this eternal reality. It, becomes, it starts to be fleshed out in the present reality. There's a lot in that, but we're going to move on. Verse 11, finally, brothers, rejoice. Paul goes on uh, in the letter here to talk about five ways that we can grow in community together. Let's go through those real quick. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Rejoice. What brings people out of themselves like rejoicing does? What draws attention and focus like rejoicing, right? Like the commuters on the train who, who hear fantastic news and what do they do? Ah, right? Someone yells and puts their hand up and makes a funny face. And what, what does everyone else on the train do? Right? Do it with me, one, two, three. <laughs> right? Like, like nothing draws attention like rejoicing. <sighs> Growing in community, you know, one of, the, one of the ways that we foster that is by recognizing what we have together and celebrating that. We have, we have great reason to rejoice, don't we? Like we have a lot of reason to rejoice. We have really deep, good, beautiful, pure reasons to rejoice. We've been reconciled to our Heavenly Father. Well, that's huge. Right? Like we, we live with that in front of us every day, so we forget about that, but, but that is huge. That is, what, that is all of life right there. That is eternity, being reconciled to your Heavenly Father. We have a new family, right? So if you don't have a great family, which is pretty much everyone, you've got a new family, and one day it's going to be a perfect family. Everything's going to be made new. And those relationships that, that are so heavy on you are going to be reconciled. Everything is going to be made right, ultimately. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, right? God forgives like that's, I could have just said that. God forgives, okay? That is a huge reason to rejoice. If that's not a big reason for you to rejoice, then you don't really see your sin clearly, okay? You see your sin clearly and someone says to you that God forgives and you are heartbroken and you rejoice because that is so precious to you. One of the things that we're doing together when we meet, when we come here at, at 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and when we meet in people's homes, when we have food together, we give thanks. What are we doing? We're rejoicing together. We're living out this new reality. We have a good Father, and we are family, and we will live forever as a new family, as a redeemed, restored family. We rejoice in that. So be vulnerable enough. Take the risk to be genuinely excited to rejoice together, to look a little bit silly. Don't truncate yourself, right? So when someone shares something that God is up to or something that he's uh, talking to them about or something that he's revealing to them or what he's been doing, rejoice together, okay? Rejoice. Let, that, let joy come out of you, okay? 
Let it come out of you and share that together. God is overwhelmingly good to us. And we ought to rejoice in that. That will foster Christian community. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Should have done that before. That's rejoicing. Come on, give, give a pair of those to a two-year-old. That'll get you dancing. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. The second thing is, uh, that's going to foster Christian communities is that we aim for restoration. Whenever you put two sinners together, there's going to be conflict. I, I mean, in fact, you don't even need to put two together, okay? Like, you, it can, you, can, you can do it alone, all right? Like, uh, I, I know myself and I don't, I don't need another person to uh, create conflict. Community falls apart, okay? That's just the reality of, of being human, of being, having a corrupted heart is that community is going to fall apart. People get disgruntled and offended and hurt. So wherever possible, aim for reconciliation. Set your sights on reconciliation. Where, where do you look in conflict, right? Like where you look is like you're looking at the conflict. And that's what, your, that's what your view is on, right? That your vision is here. Paul's saying, just look a little bit beyond that and, and look to reconciliation. Aim for it. Make that your aim. Live out the family reality and seek to restore. This requires humility and willingness and a love and, and, a, and a longing for your brothers and sisters. Aim, set your sights, set your vision on reconciliation and restoration because that's the harder thing to do. The easier thing to do, you know, the easier thing to do is just say it like it is and burn those bridges. All right, we're gone. Another fork in the tree. Aim for reconciliation. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Uh, this... Uh, these words, what Paul's saying, comfort one another, he's actually saying, listen to my words. You might have a, a subtext or a little uh, asterisk beside that in your Bible uh, that retranslates that to say, listen to my words. Paul's saying, right, uh, again, thinking in the context of the letter, he's saying, this has been difficult. I've said a lot of hard things because I love you. Now, comfort one another. Take heed of my instruction. Listen to what I've said Listen to my words and comfort one another in it. So, so what is this? What's underneath this for us here today? Comfort one another in Christian sanctification. Right? As we walk through growth and holiness, right? And, and maturing and the difficulty of that and the discipline of that and the rebuke of that. Encourage one another. Comfort one another. It is worth it. God will provide strength for you. God will enable you. I know this hurts. I know that you're frustrated. I know that you want to give up. He will deliver you. He will come for you. He will speak to you. Comfort one another. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Uh, what, what isn't this? This isn't ignorance. This isn't necessarily just smoothing things over. This is, as Christ's body, be like-minded. Be of one accord. Share in His Word. Share in His truth. Cling to the big realities together and walk together in love. This isn't, 
uh, this is how, this is my interpretation of this. No, no, this is, this is what is true for us. This isn't, or this is how it makes me feel. This is, this is what is true for us. Be like-minded. Be of one accord. Be of one spirit. And ultimately, uh, disagree in love. Because even in disagreement, you are agreeing on the big things. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. Seek peace. Uh, the, the chapter just before this, uh, Paul is addressing a series of things that disrupt peace. Quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit and disorder. To grow in Christian community, seek peace. Do not allow those things, do not allow quarreling and slander and gossip to breed among you. How do you seek peace? Well, in one way, you seek it by actively resisting these things, right? So you're seeking it by actively resisting these other things and by fostering rejoicing and reconciliation and comfort and like-mindedness. That is how we seek peace. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Live in this way and God will be with you. What a promise. What a beautiful promise. Do you want that? Like, do you want, you want, not only do you want that kind of community, but do you want that the God of love and peace will be with you. Yeah? Like, yes, please. Yeah, I would love that. I would really love that. You will flourish. Your faith will grow. The church will grow in the way that it honors God and, and Christian community will flourish. Live like this and the God of love and peace will be with you. What's, what's the hope for us today? The gospel hope today is that Christ came into broken community to restore us to God and, and enable us, empower us to live in restored community. That's our longing for Christmas, right? That's our longing these weeks leading up to Christmas. Our longing is for someone to come into the brokenness, into broken relationships and disgruntled relationships and broken hopes and to restore community, to restore relationships, to make things right. And that's our hope today. As we, as we look to Christmas, as we look to a baby in a manger, we look to and we long for restored community. What does it look like? Here's what it looks like. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us. It looks like the church mirroring God in His own community. It looks like the church mirroring and modeling and imaging the community of God. Just stand up and I'd love to pray for us together in closing. God, we are. We long for it. 
Uh, we, we long for it even sometimes when we can't see it, when, when we can't see what community looks like, when we can't see what your plan is there, what the picture that you have for us is. But we long for it, yet we long. Our hearts, they groan. They groan under the weight of broken relationships and, and broken expectations. They groan under the weight of our own sin and our own corruption. Would you liberate us, God? Would you free us? Would you uh, remind us of who we are in Christ? Would you remind us uh, this morning and this week that we are, who are we? When we ask ourselves that question, would you remind us that we're your kids and we're a part of your family and that there's not much more to it than that? That we're not individuals, that we're not these other things that we try and define ourselves by, but that we are your kids and that we're a part of your family. And that all of life is living out that reality to reorientate us. Holy Spirit, renew us. Would you strengthen us to live in this way? Would you strengthen us to rejoice and to restore and to comfort and to agree and to live in peace, God? Would you enable that? Would you empower that in this church, in this body of believers, that when we look around at one another, we don't see a stranger, but we see a brother or a sister that I just don't know that well yet. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.